It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for spending time with us once again. This edition is made possible by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning. Well, on top in the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, Waymo, the Google Alphabet-owned autonomous mobility company, says it is bringing robo-taxi service to Los Angeles. You have a few things to say. Well, yeah. When when I heard that they were going to announce it, um, I was um, I got all tingly and 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 had great expectations uh, because. Uh, I had noticed for some time that they had vehicles out there. Um, you know, they have a whole big facility. I'm not even sure what what area of Los Angeles it's called, but it's it's near the airport. It's it's where the aerospace industry once existed, and um, and I just thought that uh, oh my goodness, um, here we go. They're they're really going to do something that is going to. Uh, um, that's really going to be disruptive in, in the mobility space. And I guess I titled the whole thing so disappointing because what? It was worth an announcement? What did they announce? Something they're going to do? Who knows when with how many vehicles? A couple dozen? What? You know, tech, the TechCrunch version of the story said that they'll have more than a dozen vehicles is the way they put it initially in scale from there. And scale for sure. I understand. We all start with you know, you know, with with basically a dozen. But my goodness, uh, for LA, I mean, that 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 does nothing. And 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 for whom and what? And is it really going to be uh, ride hailing? You're really going to compete with with Lyft and and Uber? I know they they claim oh LA is the third largest ride hailing market. <sighs> really, you want to be a ride hailer? I mean, um, ride hailing is 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 really mob- mobility for those uh, for for the rich uh, who get to be chauffeured around and you know. With with people by people that you get to you have to pay the the least to, and and that's what you're going to do. That's the disruptive technology, <laughs> you know. I I give the quote in the in um, in in the newsletter. Uh, <laughs> that's the Schumpeter <laughs> disruptive quote. I invite you to read it. I mean, if you want to be disruptive. Can't just compete on the margin with somebody, whatever. You have to, you have to, you have to be decisively different, better, either on, on cost or quality or both. And and depending on what they do with these vehicles, they could be. But there's no indication of any of that. I mean, really? You want to give rides to, to LAX? And from LAX, they're about to open a, a subway or an airway or, I don't know, some mass transit system there. I don't know if that's going to do any good to, you know, to help out. Last time I, my wife and I went to LA, we were going to the AV conference in Anaheim. And we were going to take Uber from LAX to Anaheim. We did take Uber. The price of the Uber in the LAX terminal was 75 bucks. And, you know, not cheap. But of course, for me, I was on an expense account. What do I care? And when we showed up to actually go to the place, be- where you get on the kiosk, where you get on, I mean, it's a kiosk type, you have to go to a place. It turned out the price was 150. They doubled it. 
Well, we walked, took the five minute walk to go from, from the United Terminal over to that location. Went from 75 to, hey, now if you want it, it's a hundred and a half, if you really want it. I said, of course, I'm on an expense account, fine. That's, that's what you're, you're going to go do. And, and there's, there's no mention, no mention of any ride sharing. You're really going to go out there in LA and just put vehicles out there that look like all the vehicles doing all the trips, the way that all the trips are done in LA with basically one person in it. And people, I mean, and you're going to think that somehow this is a disruptive service that everybody's going to clamor to. And is it that you're going to have safety as, as your lead? What are you going to do? Say Uber and Lyft aren't safe? So that you can differentiate yourself? Plus, everybody assumes that it's safe. If it's not safe, you're not in business anyway. If you're safer, anybody buy safer? No. I don't think so. Again, not everybody's for the last 50 years have been driving Volvos. If safety sold, everybody would have been, if safety would have been a disruptive service concept, Volvo would be the leading automobile manufacturing company for the last 50 years. Well, what so, we've uh, talked what we've talked about now for for years is the real disruptive technology and using the tech using all of this to provide mobility to people who truly have a need for it. Providing a, pro uh, providing providing transportation to people who have few alternatives and maybe there will be some component of that one can hope here well it would seem but it doesn't seem like they've done the, the market research or whatever to find it you know the, the being safer than than uber lyft or taxi or or bus or car or whatever is not a disruptive concept i don't believe Providing mobility to those who don't have access to a car, that is, and I know, and I, and, 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 and not 100%, affordable would be key, a key word. And affordable. Right. And affordable. And affordable. But my goodness, if you're, if you have the, 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 the level of, 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 of company that Waymo now is, and I don't know what their current balance sheet looks like, but it can't look much better than what GM Cruises is. And we got a hint in the last GM quarterly statement of what the balance sheet of, G of GM Cruise is. And it's basically losing $5 million a day. And I can't imagine that Waymo is substantially better than that. They have no revenue. And I can't imagine that the people that they have hanging around there are, are being paid, you know, minimal salaries. And so, and, and the number of vehicles they're testing and doing all that, absolutely. But at some point, you've got to be a company. So that means if you just keep the same entourage going, you better be able to show five million of, of, of revenue on top of whatever additional operating costs, capital costs, the, the, the of what you have with a dozen vehicles. 
Even your $150 a ride isn't going to cover that. <laughs> even the $150 a ride isn't going to cover that. And I know it's a start, but why don't you give us a vision? And maybe you don't want to behave like Elon. Maybe you don't want to go out there and, you know, put all these goals out there. And I'm not suggesting vision zeros or visions infinity, but how are you going to do this? And how, how would you dare to do this in LA without at least talking about ride sharing? The problem with LA is the average vehicle occupancy in vehicles is like one. And in fact, it doesn't take into account the, the chauffeuring the families do to take kids to soccer practice or music lessons or school or the doctor or whatever, in which who knows what the average vehicle occupancy is. Lesson one. Can, can you imagine Waymo out there operating these vehicles? with nobody in them as they're repositioning them from where somebody got off on their ride hailing over to the next person to pick them up right where they're ride hailing and there's nobody in there. There's gonna be at least a couple of guys or gals gonna say that look out there, whoa. These, those things have nobody in them and they're running around in our streets over congesting them. And, and with Uber and Lyft, if, if when, 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 well, it was Elizabeth and I, but even if I would have been alone in, a, in, in that Uber going to, going to Anaheim, we could have gone on the high occupancy lane, the HOV lane. Why? Because there are two people in the car. Even though the car was providing one one person ride, or the other person was a computer. I mean, Sue. And in a Waymo, there's only going to be one person, so it won't be able to even use the high occupancy, the HOV lane, because there's only one person in the car. So they're not even as good as Uber Lyft. And this is their disruptive technology that's going to explode and, 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 and hit at the very heart and substance of the competitors. I don't know. Maybe well, we, we, we'd love to have them come on with us and chat about it and explain what their, <laughs> it would, what their I would vision love is. It. I don't know where they're coming from. Well, I do know where they're coming from. They're coming from Silicon Valley. They're coming from people who have a whole heck of a lot. They're coming from, from, from people who have more cars than they know what to do with, who drive alone, who, who would never even think of going with somebody else. And of course they're there. And they haven't even tried to go out there and look for that, for, for whether or not. I mean, we commented last week about the fact that they have all these groups that they're working with with disabilities yet none of those disability groups are economic disabilities they're they're they're, they're up here okay so you can be a louis vuitton you know or whatever or a gucci or a ferrari okay What a shame. How disappointing. Meanwhile, uh, Alan, uh, John Zimmer, co-founder and president of Lyft, is saying in TechCrunch that autonomous vehicles won't replace drivers for at least a decade. And he says he can't imagine any time in the next decade plus where Lyft would need any less drivers than, than they have now. Absolutely. For somebody on an expense account, which is, you know, I don't know what percentage of Lyft's revenue or driver revenue come from people on expense accounts, on business accounts. 
but it's a non-small percentage. And for each of those, when they're looking at who to take, who are you going to take? Who, I mean, maybe I'm just weird. I'm, I'm the weird person. Am I gonna take an Uber or Lyft driver or a driverless one? Maybe the first time so I can brag to you. Hey, Fred, look at my selfie. I went in a driverless vehicle. Maybe you save some tip money if, you, <laughs> if it's driverless. Yeah, but I don't care. Right. It's expensive. I don't care. It's an expense. I don't care. I don't really care. Okay. And what do I appreciate about that, that Uber or Lyft driver? If something happens along the way for me to get from A to B, I've got a person who's an experienced driver because they have a star rating of 4.832. Who I know will finagle their way around and get me to that airport or get me home. Do I have that kind of perception of the Waymo driver? I don't think so. So when it comes to the decision process at which I decide, am I going to take this guy or that guy? I mean, at best, it's a toss up for Waymo. It's not at all disruptive. And it probably turns out that it's not even a toss up. So Lyft is right. There's no way these people are going to, what was disruptive about Lyft and Uber was the ease at which you could get them and, and, and the, the, the comfort to me that you could see that the vehicle is actually coming to you to pick you up. And the experience that, and reinforcement that you get every time by being able to see the vehicle coming to you, as opposed to where's the bus, where's the bus, or where's the, is the taxi coming? Are they not coming? Where in the heck are they? I mean, that that was the disruption for Waymo to be disruptive in LA. They need to identify the market in which high quality auto-like mobility is not available to those folks, to that, to those entities, and that they have some opportunity to get them to ride share. Then they can be sustainable and improve congestion and all the other sociological things you need to do in LA and deliver a substantially higher quality service to those folks inexpensively. We're a third the price of Uber Lyft. And, and we aren't going to surge price you. Well, maybe a little bit, but not very much. Then they can become disruptive. There is no indication, none, in any of the, that announcement that they're going down that route. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, I guess I've been in the Princeton bubble too long or something. I don't know. LA must be different. Great. <sighs> Boy. And the concept you just spoke about uh, is one that you've been pushing for in New Jersey, elsewhere, and there's so many places where that could be employed. Absolutely. You look at the partners that Waymo has in LA, there's not a group that, 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 that deals with affordable housing. Maybe there is no affordable housing in LA. 
Maybe they should provide mobility to the homeless and figure out how to do that and help those people, you know, get to where they need to go and so on and the services that they need and be able to improve themselves. Why not do that? Why go help rich people? <sighs> Terrible. Sorry. On the Tesla front, Alan, on the company's earnings call, Elon Musk talked about the company's potential to be bigger than Apple and Saudi Aramco. And they caught a lot of flack for that. Yeah, yeah. To, even together. I mean, you know, right. bring it up to four and a half, whatever, whatever. I don't know, 10 to the ninth or whatever the heck the number is. I mean, it's like, who knows what, right? Uh I don't know. Elon made the same statement during um, during AI Day um, 2022, and basically says that um, with robo taxis, um, uh, if they massively scale that, they can do that. I, I love their idea about wanting to massively scale robo taxis. Of course, I love that idea. Uh, have it to be a small vehicle that your your Airbnb out there for other people to use, I think is just totally off the wall. Um, the amount of res the amount of re of responsibility that you need to, to to have to provide safe, legal mobility to individuals is substantially greater than the responsibility that Airbnbers have to have me spend a comfort comfortable night. And in fact, if I wanted to be a whatever about it, okay, I did an Airbnb two and a half years ago or now getting on to three years ago, close, in Miami. And I believe that in that Airbnb, I got Legionnaire's disease. It almost killed me. In fact, I probably died in the process and they brought me back. And that's totally irresponsible of that entity for it not to be clean of, you know, the whatever bacteria it spreads that's, that, that, that does Legionnaire's disease. But of course, you know, I have better things to do than pursue that whole line. And maybe I'm only speculating here. But if you're going to provide mobility to an individual, you have the responsibility of that being safe and legal, obeying the, the rules of the road, the laws of, of driving, of mobility of adhering to tra uh, speed limits, of, of ad ad adhering to staying in your lane, to adhering to stay on the road, to adhering to stopping at stop signs and so on and so forth. And us as individuals, sure, most of us, you know, do a reasonably good job of that. But it has to be more than most of us. And so it takes a really responsible entity that can control all of those individual pieces that provide the mobility to do that. It has to be as good as United Airlines or pick another one of the carriers. You know, just flew to Italy and back. United is there. Oh, man, we're safe. We're going to get you safe. Here's something to wipe your hands and you're not going to get COVID here. It's safe. We're going to be safe. We're going to get you there safe. We're going to get you there safe. The whole aviation industry for the last, you know, at least 15 years, I mean, phenomenally safe. And doing it safely, 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 safely. Repetitively, 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 repetitively. And in fact, you know, each one of those few entities that have survived, you know, the Continental is gone, the TWAs are gone, the, the, the Eastern Airlines are gone, <laughs> the 
Air Italia airline is gone. I mean, it's made, you know, coalesced into entities that if there's a perception that you're not going to be safe on that airplane, nobody's getting on. And it doesn't take many crashes for people to look at what happened to Boeing with the, with the um, 737 Max Maxi a few years ago. And who knows whether or not it was pilot error or was really one of the And so if we're going to be providing mobility to individuals, it's got to be safe. What the heck does Uber and Lyft really want to make sure? That when you get that person and that vehicle's coming, that the person that's coming to give you that has a rating of 4.825. I even had a 5.0. I was hoping this wasn't his or her first trip or second trip. Oh, very important. Why? So that the question of safety doesn't even come up. It's not that you're safer. It's the question of safety doesn't even come up. And now you're going to put some of these things out there. I mean, there was another article that I, I don't think I quoted about, about Tesla, you know, apparently putting out a, a, a newer version of, of um, their stupid su uh, summon. They call it smart summoner, whatever it is, where you can kind of stand out there and you know put your vehicle away or let your vehicle go by itself. Really? You're going to put that in the hands of consumers? Sure. 97% of them won't abuse it. 3% abuse it, you're dead. Don't do it. And certainly don't make any suggestion that you can do this anywhere except on your own property. You're not responsible enough to put it out there on the public streets. Anyway, I'm too much preaching this morning. Tied in with the, the plans for RoboTaxi, I think, are the plans that uh, he's talking about to build a, a smaller vehicle, smaller than the Model 3 at half the price. Yeah, well, he, he is, he is, which, you know, I, of course, love Elon because his fundamentals. He, 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 he wants to, he wants to build two cars at the, the cost them, what it costs them today to build one car. In other words, half the price, half the cost of building it. And of course, he says he's not necessarily going to offer it at half the price. Hey, why not? You're not make some profit off of that. You know, he always, I mean, the beauty of his electric vehicle is that basically it has half as many parts as an internal combustion vehicle, give or take. The only good part is a no part. You know, reduced part count. Fundamental, which really great fundamentals. To make a robo taxi smaller, robo taxis, I think, have to have sharing as part of it. We have to change our mentality here if we really want to deal with this, with 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 sustainability. Ride sharing is important. The airplane, the United Airlines flights from Newark to Rome, Rome to Newark. 777s, every seat filled. I don't know where they carry, 350 people, 300, whatever it is. With what, two pilots, maybe three? Who knows, I don't know, call it seven or 10 attendants. That's productivity. And here we are, you know, running around LA, one person per car, essentially all the time. It's like crazy. When there are how many empty seats in a car? 
Oh, but you know, would you really want them traveling with you? What? For, for ride sharing, then uh, we might want to advocate a little larger vehicle, not a smaller vehicle than the Model 3. Yeah, I think you have to, you have to, if you're going to have this thing being used by people going from A to B, getting rides, as I always say, like an elevator ride, what's kind of the beauty of an elevator? It's really easy to get in and out. Even if you're in a wheelchair, there's no reason why these robo taxis can't pull up to a curb if that's a designated place, such as they're perfectly level floor, no trip, very little trip opportunity, mind the gap opportunity, so that the those that are visually impaired, those that are mobility impaired and so on can easily get in and out. Those that are elderly easily get in and out. But the vehicle ends up having to be a little bit more accommodating than sliding on a, a bench seat and hitting your head on the, as your, as, as whatever. And so if he's really going to do robo-taxis, he, he needs to go back to the drawing boards in terms of the design. He needs to revolutionize that even more than he revolutionized the, the cyber truck. And I guess he's going to do okay with the cyber truck, although, whew, you know, Ford is out there with their E. 150, right, friend? The, the, the Ford F-150 Lightning, I got a chance to drive one around for, for a few days uh, over the last week. So how Pretty, was that Friday? It was, uh, the vehicle is beautiful, very roomy. Uh, it's an F-150, so it's, it's an, big. It's, big. It's, 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 you know, it's the best-selling vehicle in America for I don't know how many years, decades. Yeah, yeah. And the electrified version of it is quiet and clean, has this enormous frunk. You know, frunk. In, in, in I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about the frunk, Fred. <laughs> I mean, I could see if you're putting a big diesel engine or whatever, or a big V8 and turbocharged, whatever, that you need a big front end on these things. What's the what's the big front end for? What's that? In the, in this case, I think it opens up a new market for the F one fifty because a lot of people might be carrying groceries, golf clubs. They don't want to necessarily throw it in the bed of the truck. Now you have a, a locked, out of sight storage area, the same as a, a sedan would have. So Just so so I'm not going to need a, a a a cover over the back of my truck so that it doesn't get wet and so on when I throw my, when, when I'm hauling stuff and throw in the back, I throw it in the frunk. You put it in the frunk. <laughs> a new word, I don't know how soon it'll be in the dictionary, but it's a new word. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, so, so why do I have a bed in the back? Well, that's for when you're going to uh, Home Depot and bringing home these plants that are six feet tall. <laughs> or etc hauling hauling bigger stuff that's what that uh, bed is for but it is quiet it's clean the biggest problem that that i found oh no, is, no there's a problem with it no, not what? with the vehicle it's with the charging network yeah. elon musk's genius was in building his one of his geniuses i suppose was in building out the proprietary charging network right. which he may open up to other vehicles over over time too he said he's going to but that is fast. It's efficient. So easy to use. 20 minutes in and out. The Ford F-150 uses a variety of private charging networks. Um, the one that I use uh, that Ford has a partnership is Electrify America. And at a couple different places that I went to, maybe they had four charging stations. Two, was out, two were out of service. One was out of service. And one of the problems is companies like Hyundai have 
given buyers of their electric vehicles in, in many instances a year or two of free charging on Electrify America's network. So all of those people are going to go there as often as they can because you the charging mean is I'm going to buy a Ford Lightning and I won't be able to charge it? Well, you'll be able to I'm charge home. it. I would suggest charging it at home. I mean, and, and of course, they one of the things that they try to sell with, with this is the ability to uh, have uh, two-way charging, power, being able to power your home in the event of a blackout uh, through oh, the vehicle. Oh, very nice. But again, when you're on the road taking a trip, um, it is not going to be, at least now, hopefully things will improve as, as more charging stations are opened around the country um and many are you know in the planning stage you know through through the legislation that that, that biden pushed through for right now not as convenient to charge not as fast necessarily to charge um at least that was my experience oh my goodness fred maybe they're going to be unhappy that they let you use one for a week <laughs> the vehicle not a problem at all it's a beautiful vehicle Gotta have to say that. Especially it's, that it's, a, it's a charging network which they do not own, and that will be improving over time. So I, I don't think long term it's going to be a problem for them. But right now, uh, given sometimes the lines that can form at some of these charging stations, I didn't have to wait in a long line, but some people do. And remember, it's going to take maybe twenty minutes, half an hour for each person. So if there's a line of of even three vehicles. That's a long wait. So let, let me ask you, Fred, with this, you know, with gasoline stations, it's been um, I think it's a federal requirement that they advertise uh, that they show in big letters, big things, what the price of the gasoline is so that you can drive by and decide uh, to buy it or not to buy it. Is that is that the same thing at, at these charging places? They're telling you how much the whatever whatever kilowatt whatever things are going to be it should be evident on the app that you use when oh, you it's, when it's you look evident for it. on the well, app. most most of these most of these stations are so are, when in your app you could see hey the station over here is 42 point whatever and over there it's 62.74 right whatever and in the, and the price is changing every second so you know which direction the price is going to be or you can lock in the price before you get there i don't know that you can lock in a price i, I didn't go into that but uh, perhaps perhaps you can um but can, can you, you should... i mean you can imagine if i were to set up a lemonade stand in which you know a lot of people want lemonade. You're going back to your and, Uber and, ride and, that jumped that doubled in price. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, you, I mean, you, wanna, you know, did I have I a choice? Know what it's cost. Did I have a choice? No. Okay, what was I going to do? Go back to the go back and whatever, and somehow or in somehow. I mean, they had me. They had me in a corner, and they they just took advantage of me. And and so why won't it, why won't this this great charging place that has such high demand? Guess what happens? It's you know fundamental economics, supply demand. You know, boom, there's the curve. I don't know that that's taking place. That they're that they're boosting the price. Uh, you know, minute by minute. Of course they could. And I've I've heard even with Tesla, for instance, their superchargers much more expensive to use in places like California where power is more expensive than they would be in other states. It's eight bucks a gallon in California. I think it was 10 bucks a gallon in, in Florence. So that's, that's one of the big issues there. Not faulting the, the F-150 lightning. Uh, the range of the vehicle that I drove is probably less than a typical model three, maybe 270 miles. But for most people, you know, the, the people that they want to sell this truck to today, the typical people who are buying the F-150s, many of them contractors, you know, have many needs on, you know, for job sites. The thing is full of uh, electrical outlets and, and USB ports. It's got so many hard to count the front, the back, the bed. They all have outlets. So you're going to be able to power whatever you want to power. 
and you, you yeah and you can you can even charge the front it. even the front has outlets <laughs> probably and and all of your tools are now uh, um, uh, battery operated tools so you can you can um, you can charge up your battery back on the on the job site and of course most folks don't go very far to the job site because if right. you have to drive a long distance at job site guess what they're going to hire somebody else. money right so they'll, they'll, they'll so, get a local so, contract so so everybody gets local and you got a home great so they should they should be able to i guess the reason we went into those this whole discussion is is when you look at the cyber truck how it comes in and whether or not it is disruptive on the disruptive uh i think one of the challenges that the that Elon has is he probably should have been out there having you uh, test drive a, a, a cyber truck before Ford let you uh, test drive a lightning and uh, him being second in the market on that one um, may end up hurting him. They have orders for as many as they can build for the next few years. It sounds like anyway, but Here's, here's the other thing. The other thing I did get to test out with the F-150 Lightning was Ford's uh, Blue Cruise. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, on designated roadways, the divided highways that they allow you to drive hands-free. It tells you on the screen that it's available once you've pushed the button on the steering wheel to enable Blue Cruise. Um, and it tells you where you can be hands-free and uh, can let go of the wheel. Um, I'm not sure what the real benefit is to that. I guess maybe there is some comfort and relaxation, but you do have to be attentive. Uh, a camera is watching you to make sure your eyes stay on the road. If you look away for any substantial length of time, there's a warning beep that comes on and then it will turn off. So they are doing that. And I think it's and I think similar. that's all have, very good. That's I have not driven GM Super Cruise. Maybe you have. But I, I assume they're pretty comparable. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that that's all very nice. But what what gets me about this is the m biggest comfort and convenience of that is not your hands off the steering wheel; it's your feet off the off the pedals. Right. right. It's the feet off the pedals. It's in not the, having in, to in do this. In the case of an EV, it's singular. Me. It's pedal because you're only typically using one pedal. Oh, because of the regenerative braking, but yes, you can, well, you can no, drive. no, but you, yeah, it's really there. There, of course, there's a brake pedal there. There is a brake pedal, but typically in an EV, I, you're not making use of it because of the regenerative braking. I understand. Uh, uh, no, it's a different. Uh, I won't argue with that one, but but still, air, air resistance uh, stopped me also. So therefore, I didn't have to use my brakes. Okay, now I didn't provide gasoline back into my tank. Uh, but but really, uh, I mean, what drives me, the biggest value is feet off the pedals, right? Well, not hands off the wheel. You can, and in fact, you, that's you are, you are doing both. Uh, I know. With, is with there this. a camera making sure that your feet remain somewhere near the pedals in case you have to go do the pedals? No. No, I don't know. So. One, one no. thing it does do, if you do change lanes, which you're doing manually with this, it does not turn off the Blue Cruise. So you can switch lanes and it then it's assisted. It acquires it acquires it acquires a new lane. It, it, it stay it's right. It does or or if you turn right put back. the turn signal on, it'll actually find a it, I don't know. It to did me, not do that. Not the not the vehicle I had. How, how often lanes on how often do you change lanes or how often should you change lanes? Very rarely one. Right. Two, my goodness, you know, have the human do that one. Okay. Right. And, okay, and that, that's a responsible does. thing. Okay, don't and it can help out. It, it should keep you from trying to change lanes when somebody's in your blind spot. But I, I don't know. But, but of with, course, with this, with I, Blue I think Cruise differently and, and than all these folks. With with Blue Cruise and with Tesla's autopilot, maybe it's me, but uh, and I think most people who aren't who haven't driven these for many, many, many miles. Uh, I found a, a level of discomfort when you have vehicles coming in into your lane, you know, entering a highway into your lane. If you're in the right lane, am I going to trust 
Blue Cruise and Tesla's autopilot? In many instances, yes. But if there's a line of vehicles coming onto the highway, um, there are I, I, I tend, there I are tend opportunity to, wanna, to zipper is is maybe limited. My goodness, look, I, I tend you, to want to take control. Hey, look, you're the responsible one. If it doesn't do it right, it's your fault, Fred. Right, you are. It's responsible your fault. Still, okay. If you're, you know, uh, driving is is um, is is not a right. It's a privilege, and to have the privilege to drive, you must accept the responsibility of safety, and you must have accept the responsibility of doing it within the law. And if you're not within the law or you don't do it safely, it's on you. You can't say, hey, the dog ate my homework. Oh, Elon said this. Oh, Fred and Alan said that. Oh, it's on you. Period. Well, Ford, Ford, Ford and Tesla make that clear to drivers that you have to be in control of the vehicle, ready to take control no matter whether you're paying for full self-driving or have autopilot yeah. or using you're, Blue you're, Cruise. You're still yeah. responsible. Yeah, no, nobody so far has said, "Oh, my system is so good that I'll I'll take responsibility." Fred, Fred, you just you know get out of the way, Fred. Nobody's done that yet, and it's not going to be anytime soon that anybody is going to do that. But we've discussed this ad nauseum. We have one more Tesla headline, Alan, yeah. that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Elon Musk saying the company is tentatively aiming to produce. 50,000 Tesla semi-electric trucks in 2024. That's the year after next. Uh, and that would make it one of the largest class eight truck makers, according to Electric. And uh, he's got a long way to go. He's going to go from zero to 50,000. But I guess there's, he's got the, he's got, got the assembly lines, in, you know, that they're, that are being built now. It, it seems as if there's nobody out there competing with him. Nobody, nobody practical, nobody substantive. My goodness, he may be out there first. And if he puts autopilot on there, if he puts, if he, and then what's it take? Just cameras. <sighs> Cut and it the, out. The idea that you've talked about many, many times is the benefit to drivers making their jobs easier, safer, more comfortable. And uh, if if these can do that, I if guess these, they're, worth, they're they, worth their weight. If 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 these can do that, as well as be electric, as well as being being um, having the range that they're talking about, that is disruptive. That's a cost and quality differential over the existing. Marketplace. Now, can he can he deliver it? Certainly is a vision. Certainly is a vision that, that that's disruptive to me. Right, and Electric also has talked about the Elon Musk's language when it comes to self-driving, full self-driving, changing a bit. Although he's still talking about achieving level four or five uh, over the next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, look, look, everybody's language of this is, 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 is all over the place. Again, uh, defining the operational design domain where this stuff works safely and legally. And finding all those and finding the one that out of all those that best serves a, a society seems to be the place where you want to start. Doesn't seem to be the approach of Waymo. Nor GM Cruz. Nor the others. Maybe a little Ford Argo. So I don't know. Hey, whatever. We're in our own little world here, Fred. And while you have your Stiller shirt on. Uh, the <laughs> yes, Stiller's from, today. From, from Pittsburgh, you know, there's a headline. Um, 
Locomation has uh, furloughed staffers uh, amid this continuing tech downturn that uh, we're all yeah. aware of. Yeah, you know, it 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 turns out this this objective of doing driverless, whether it's trucks or cars, is really difficult and really requires an enormous amount of investment and substance. And, you know, the little simple solution coming out of the garage and whatever that basically you know, does it, only does 80% and doesn't do the 99 point whatever that you gotta do. And so therefore it's gonna have to be a substantive entity and uh, whew, uh, to survive that whole time without revenue until you get there, the investors seem to be, I don't know, especially in this climate and we're gonna, and I don't know, this winter is not likely to be very pretty in large parts of Europe, Germany, Hungary, who knows what because of the situation with Russia. And I don't know. We got some rough road ahead. We do. On that note, Alan, we want to thank CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, for helping to make this podcast possible. CARTS is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us, of course, at smartdrivingcar.com. Also, wherever you turn to for podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, Amazon, you name it. Smart speakers can play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. If you go under interviews there, you'll find uh, my test drive of the F-150 Lightning. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching and please stay safe. Enjoy your Sunday.